Good evening and welcome back to Sunday Night Study. I'm glad you all have made it at the appointed time. I assure you there will be some coming in at 6 o'clock as we are leaving to go to Brahms. So make sure that you give them a hug, love them well, and remind them 5 o'clock next week. From 1997 to 2002, the Apple Computer Company had a marketing campaign. And the marketing campaign was two simple words. And those words were think different. Now, there were some inter-company inter, uh, squabbles over this campaign because from an English side of things, it's incorrect. It should be think differently, verb, adverb. However, Steve Jobs was insistent that it be think different. He wanted different to be a noun, like think awesome, think big, that kind of thinking. He wanted people to understand that if you bought an Apple computer, a, a, a Mac or whatever it was, uh, that this was something different than what you were used to in the personal computing space. Um, Apple has, and I'll put the word arguably here, a better product. But you can't argue that it is different. If uh, back in 1997, I was a PC guy, and I'm still a PC guy for the most part. But I remember the first few times I used an Apple computer, and that was the experience. It was different. Well, that's one thing when it comes to computers. But you know, in our walk as Christians, we are called to think different. There's an old translation that calls it peculiar in how we are and how we think and how we react and how we respond. It's different with Jesus. And so as much as we talked this morning about the importance of our decisions, you know that no decision will happen to change, to start something, to act in faith. No decision happens without a change in your thinking. So, as we talked about decisions this morning, tonight we're going to talk about the importance of our thinking, and more importantly, the challenge, not just from Steve Jobs, but more precisely from God, to think different. I encourage you to open your Bibles with me. I want you to go to Romans chapter 8. It will be our first point. First, we think about our thinking we need to think seriously. There is a, a battle for our mind. And that's true in a lot of ways. Uh, companies spend millions and millions of dollars. Uh, here in a few Sundays, companies are going to spend a lot of money for 30 seconds of your attention. Why is that? Because they know that your mind is a good place to have their company, have their service, have their logo. They want you thinking about what they provide. Well, more than just in our world, in the spiritual world, there is a battle for our mind as well. Romans chapter 8, if you're there, Paul is writing about life in the spirit and how that differs from a life in the flesh. And he writes this in verses 5 through 6. 
of Romans 8. For those who live according to the flesh set their mind on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death. But to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. Ephesians chapter 6 tells us that our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, the authorities, the principalities in the heavenly realms. That there's a spiritual battle. And sometimes I wish that we might be able to put our spiritual glasses on and see things from a spiritual battle. Instead of viewing people as us and them, if we started being able to see the forces in the spiritual realms and how they're working and how they're acting and how they're thwarting or trying to thwart God's plans, it would probably make us think a lot differently, value things differently, and think differently. As Paul says, to set the mind on the things of the flesh is death. The, the flesh is temporary. We're, we're not going to be around forever. I have two funerals this week uh, for long-time faithful Christians. Uh, but for, for as long-time, lifelong, uh, pretty much lifelong Christians as they were, uh, their time here on earth is limited. The time in the flesh is limited. When we set our minds on things of the flesh, when things of the world, uh, money, materialism, stuff, uh, power, uh, all the things that are important in this world, fame, popularity, how many followers you have, how many tweets you get, how many likes you have, all of those things are things of the flesh. They're temporary. They're transitory. They're limited by death. And to set your mind there is to, to invest your very valuable gift from God of your mind into very temporary things. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5, Paul makes a, one of the highest challenges for a Christian. In talking about this battle for the mind... If I can get over to 2 Corinthians, that would be helpful. Now, he's kind of going off on a, a side point here. and He's talking about his authority as an apostle and all of that. But, but something interesting he says, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Let's start in verse 4. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh... But we have divine power to destroy strongholds. He's talking here about spiritual strongholds, of course. We destroy arguments, every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God, and take every thought captive to obey Christ. Wow. Can you say you take every thought captive to obey Christ? That's a high, high level. But Paul is calling us to that high level because he understood there's a battle for our mind. And we choose every day 
whether we're going to let inside of our mind things of the flesh and things of the world, or rather, are we going to make it obedient and captive to Christ? How do you take your mind captive to Christ? Well, I think it starts, of course, by yielding your mind to Christ, not my will, but yours. I think it starts by infusing your mind with the Word of God, with the promises of God, with the truths that are always true. I think it continues as we pray and the Spirit intercedes in our prayer life, as we connect to unseen spiritual, uh, the, the spiritual battle. Really, that's what prayer is, engaging in spiritual battle. When you receive a prayer request from someone, you're being asked to go to spiritual battle for them. So there, there are ways in which we can submit and obey and take every thought captive uh, to obey Christ. There's a battle for your mind. So you really should take that seriously. You should give thought to what you listen to. You should give thought to what you watch. You should give watch to what you pause as you scroll. You should give thought to every... You should give thought to how people talk when they're around you. You should give thought to uh, how you talk. The reason is this. I use this illustration. I've heard it before. I've used it before. But I think it's one that speaks well. Our minds are like a highly fertile field. If you can imagine this beautiful, dark, brown, rich Kansas soil full of nutrients ready to be planted. And, and whatever you plant within that field is exactly what you will harvest a hundredfold. Now, <clears throat> if that's true... If the first thing you do in the morning as you wake up is get your phone out and open your news app and look at stories of murder and corruption and greed and, and, and all of the stuff that we see going on in the world. If, if you fill your mind full of those things, what do you expect that it might produce? We have a it's a stewardship issue, a, a, a purpose in guarding our mind. The scripture says in Proverbs, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. So we want to be very careful what we plant in there and what we allow to be planted in there. And so that has implications for us on a daily basis and really for our lives. Pay attention to what you allow into your mind. We were watching TV uh, yesterday, the day before. It's that week, you know, where all the days run together. Nobody knows what day it is or what time it is or who our names are, what, what our purpose is in life. The, the, the week between Christmas and New Year's is this weird, you know, kids are out of school and all that. So we're at home. I'm doing something at the table. TV's kind of on, but it's running in the background. Now, the show's not bad that we were watching. It was actually kind of an old show. But that particular episode, the subject wavered into what I'll call unholy talk. And as we were just kind of hearing it but not listening to it, um, Tyler said, can I turn this to something else? 
And I'm glad that he was mature enough to do that. We all should give careful thought to what's going on in the background of our minds. Secondly, beyond understanding there's a battle for your mind, we need to have our minds going in the right direction. Think positive. Because God wants our minds immersed in the right things. The book of Philippians chapter 4 is a well-known series of verses as Paul ends this letter to the church at Philippi, he gives them these instructions, Philippians chapter 4, verse 8 and 9. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things, what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. See, the the reason why we need to guard our minds so carefully is because everything that goes in there comes out a hundredfold. So Paul's commendation, and not just to them, but also to us, is to think about the good, to think about the true, to think about the honorable, to think about the just, to think about what's commendable, uh, to think about what's excellent, to think about what's praiseworthy, to think about all of the positive aspects. That's really important spiritually. It's really important relationally. It makes a big difference in your attitude. I've said before... I think we all default to the negative in our thinking. And so we have to carefully, intentionally, and purposely discipline ourselves to think on the good. To think on the, the right side of things. Because when you get pulled into what Zig Ziglar used to call stinking thinking, is... You know, this sort of downward spiral. Well, it's more than just a positive, you know, way of thinking. It, for the Christian, it's supposed to be a way of living. Now, now, look what he says in verse 9. He says, what you've learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. So he goes from thinking to saying, look at my example. And I thought, this is good. I want you to think for just a moment about the... The most influential Christians in your life. People that you think of and you admire them. uh, You appreciate them. I'm not saying they're perfect, but you appreciate their example. You appreciate how they model what faith looks like. You appreciate how they talk. You you appreciate their perspective, their maturity, their wisdom. Uh, I can almost guarantee you that every single person you're thinking of tonight, every single person that you have in your mental picture of this person, is someone who practiced Philippians 4.8. Someone who focused more on the positive. Someone who dwelt more on the right. We pick on the Israelites sometimes for all of their complaining that they did in the wilderness. But we do the same thing. 
that we can easily become overly critical and harsh and negative and fix our eyes not in the world of the spirit, but in the world of the flesh. And so it's important to have our minds immersed in the right things, to have our minds directed in the right ways. Your mind is like a factory. It produces whatever you tell it to. So you should guard your thoughts carefully. Now imagine if we took that picture of a a factory. And of course you are the owner. You're the boss. And, but the foreman's there, and he's in charge of everything. And you wake up, and you set out the things you have to do today, and you just instantly start that negative kind of talk. Man, today's going to be a bad day. <sighs> I got that project I got to do at work. I got to deal with that jerk for a boss. I got to deal with these people. Man, it's just going to be a terrible day. Now, inside your factory, the foreman says, what's that? Okay, all right. Hey, you heard the boss. Today's going to be a bad day. Today's going to be a tough day, so let's make sure that happens. You see, your mind is very powerful. It's like a powerful factory. What do you tell the foreman every day? My guess is he'll do exactly what you tell him to do. So you should guard carefully your factory. Third, beyond thinking seriously because there's a battle, beyond thinking positively because we should have our minds immersed in the right things and focused in the right ways, we should think eternally because life is short and our transformation from flesh to spirit Begins and ends in the mind. In Romans chapter 12, verse 2, uh, scriptures that you already know, but um, Romans chapter 12 is a real good chapter on just how a Christian acts. Well, before he gets into how a Christian acts, he starts by saying something about how a Christian thinks. Chapter 12, actually I'm going to start in verse 1. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual act of worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. That by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Paul says if we want to mature and grow and be transformed, then we need to watch carefully how we think. You remember what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 13 when he was speaking on the subject of spiritual gifts. But he says this little gem, writes this little gem in verse 11 of 1 Corinthians 13. He says, when I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, 
I gave up childish ways. That's really important. Paul's, Paul's telling us, both in 1 Corinthians and in Romans 12, that part of maturing, part of growing, part of our sanctification process is altogether what happens between your ears. I'm not sure how long you've been a Christian, but I would ask you this question. Do you think differently today than you did when you first began your walk with Christ? Uh, Just because you're older physically does not necessarily mean you've matured spiritually. Growing spiritually, the transformation of your mind has to be an intentional, purposeful decision. Not to be conformed to the world, but to be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Think about even before you became a Christian, having faith in God, believing that Jesus is the Son of God, uh, even repentance. For, the, for, for most of those things, those are acts of the mind. Those are changes in your thinking. Repentance, yes, I know, has some implications. You know, if you're living in certain ways and acting in certain ways, you agree with God that those that ways are wrong and you change them. But, the, but it starts in your thinking. So transformation doesn't happen if it doesn't begin in your thinking and within your mind. Even as we go along, Colossians chapter 3, 2, Paul writes, Set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. What do you talk about around the table? What do you discuss at the water cooler? What do you text about? Are your minds focused on things above or on things of the earth? Paul challenges us to focus our minds in the right way and keep our mind pointed in the right direction. He he precedes that thought by saying, if you've been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. We, We can't... There's an old saying that goes, you can't solve new problems with old thinking. You you can't. You've got to change your thinking. If you want to grow a company, and you start from, it's just you working by yourself, and then you're going to hire, and you're going to move to five people. Well, you you can't have a company that runs in the same way with one person as it does with five people. If you If the Lord blesses it, and you grow to 50 people, You can't run that company with 50 people the same way you did with five. There has to be a shift in your culture and the way you do things and the way you act. Churches are this way. Eh? Northside's a fairly large church. We have to do things differently than a church of 50 people. For practical, for logistic, for spiritual reasons, we have to think different. Not unbiblical ways, okay, but... You have to set your mind in the right way personally as well. If you want to change any aspect of yourself, it begins with your mind. So, 
may you align your thinking with God's. And that's one of the important reasons that we, your elders, specifically want all of you to be reading God's word every day. How much you read, which plan you use, they've given no specific directives, but they they want every Northside Christian to be in the Word. Why? Because it's this that transforms this. We need to align our thinking with God. And the only way to do that is to know what God's will is, as Romans 12 says, and then align ourselves to that. Uh, Carl led the song, Take Time to Be Holy. We didn't work that out, but that's a perfect song for this subject. Take time to be holy. When you pray with your family, you're taking time. When you're reading the Word, you're taking time. Uh, Yes, all of those things take time, but there's no better thing you could fill your time with than to be changing your mind and changing your thinking. So, may we all, as New Testament Christians, be different in how we think. May we be focused not on earthly things, but on heavenly things. May we choose not to be conformed to the world, but to be transformed each day. May we... Focus our minds on the good that God is doing in our lives and everywhere else. And may we take seriously and guard our minds because they are precious, fertile soil that the enemy would love to inhabit. So too does the Spirit want your mind, and he wants it jealously. So may we take it seriously, and may we, in this new year, be resolved to thinking different. Let's pray together. Our Father in heaven, we come to you at the end of the first day of the year, the first day of the week. But Lord, we believe that the first day is just the beginning of many good things in the days to come. Lord, that doesn't mean our lives will not be free of trial or adversity or difficulty. But Lord, we fix our minds on things above and believe that far, far greater things lie ahead than anything else we leave behind. Lord, as a church, I want to pray that we would think different this year and each year. That we would align our minds and our hearts which are easily deceived and often selfish, to your word and to your son. May we learn from them both, and may we put them into practice. God, I pray that you give us clear thinking in a world that is highly confused. I pray that you give us an extra measure of discernment and thoughtfulness in how we navigate our lives in this world. Lord, we thank you for those who have given us this example of how to think different and how to live different. Father, I pray that you will be with those who are sick, either in ways physical or spiritual.
continue to bless Northside with the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. And we pray that we would ever remain faithful to you until your Son returns. We pray this all in his name. Amen.